Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And this week, we review the 2011 listener-recommended movie starring Anne Hathaway and Jim Sturgis, One Day. We discuss Romance Corner after the spoiler horn. Because it's very important that a lot of this happens after the spoiler horn. <laughs> and while this movie, its quality is debatable, it has some interesting bones. We go to Accent Corner for the first time in a while as I discuss the Yorkshire accent. And we speak at length of this controversial ending to the movie One Day. All this and more on Movies on the Side. This week, we reviewed the 2011 movie One Day, starring Anne Hathaway and Jim Sturgis. Nate, this was a listener recommendation through our website. I don't know if our listeners know, we have a website. And you can request movies through it. So thank you, Bridget, for recommending this movie. Bridget, thank you for subjecting us to this <laughs> movie. <laughs> and, well, I'll leave Bridget's comment till after the spoiler horn, because we'll have to talk about that later. But listeners, we're going to do a rating quickly for this movie, because there's a lot behind the spoiler horn. Like, this whole movie is a romance corner, and so much of this movie is dependent on... Kind of knowing the whole story. Right. Nate, before we maybe give our overall thoughts, Bridget recommended this. I don't know how much I want to recommend this to other people. It's not on a streaming service that I have, so I, I paid real money. Yeah, as did I. To to watch this. But I, I thought Anne Hathaway, she's great in all, pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen anything that I don't like Anne Hathaway in. I don't know Jim Sturgis as much. I also recognized the friend character, Ian I don't know how to say his name. Rafe. Rafe Spall. Yeah. Let me say, his picture on IMDb is very dashing, and he does He's not look glow that up. way. Exactly. <laughs> he does not look that way in this movie. I also saw him in the Apple TV Plus original, Trying. He's very good in that. But anyway, I guess we'll just rate it, Nate. I mean, I guess this will be the shortest spoiler-free review ever. <laughs> no, no. I, I have a couple things to say before we rate it. Okay, go ahead. I want to say that this movie is based on a book. Yes. By David Nichols called One Day. Mm -hmm. There is sometimes... It occurs to me while watching a movie, I think this is based on a book. There's a, a feeling that I get deep down in my loafers that feels like there's more to it that I'm not seeing. There's more to this, mm. either the story. Every once in a while, I'm fooled. Every once in a while, there's a, a Mortal Engines come. Wait, was Mortal Engines was based on a book? Never mind. My loafers are always correct. You, you read the book. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I read the book after watching the movie. Right, right. So, I did have the feeling while watching this movie I bet this is a good a good book. Mm. Steven. Yes. After watching this movie, is there any part of you that would say, I bet the book's good? Uh, I mean, if if the book is anything like the movie, no, I have no desire to read, I have no desire to read <laughs> okay, it. Got it, got it, got it. Next, before we get to our rating. Next, before we get to our rating, let's talk about Anne Hathaway's accent. That can be done spoiler-free. Yes, I didn't realize this was going to take place in the UK and France, but a lot of British accents. Exactly. Welcome to Accent Corner, Stephen. It's been a while, Ooh, but we are has. back. It's been a minute. Anne Hathaway is doing a Yorkshire, an attempt at a Yorkshire accent. Mm -hmm. I did mm -hmm. some research into the Yorkshire accent found primarily in the northern part of England. Uh -huh. <laughs> when I first saw the Anne Hathaway scene at the very beginning... When they have just graduated university. Universe. That's what they call it over there. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. See how yep. I did that? Yeah, I like it. And he spoke with a British accent. And then she spoke with, I believe, a Yorkshire accent. 
And she went in the scene, she goes to the bathroom to like pump herself up. Right. And at that moment, I thought to myself, oh, she's about to speak an American accent, and we're going to find that she was pretending to be British <laughs> for this guy. Like in this movie, she was going to have a fake British accent. Oh my, that'd be deep. But but no, it never went away because she truly is attempting to be British in this movie. What did you think about Anne Hathaway's accent? Because this has gotten a lot of, uh, we'll call it online buzz. Really? Since this movie premiered, yeah. Actually, we have several times. Oh, have we? You gate crashed my birthday party, called me Julie, and spilled red wine down my top. Ouch. Well, I'm sorry about that. No, not at all. You're delightful. Well, as you know, Nate, you are the accent corner expert of the two of us. I typically am less uh, aware of the Brit slips and whatever the opposite of those are. <laughs> the American slips uh, in inside a British accent. Uh-huh. Amer- Ameri slips. So it didn't bother me. I was like, oh, she sent, she's speaking with a UK accent. I'm pretty sure she's not from there, but I was fine. Okay, they, that never took you out of it? No, I mean after the first initial scenes, I think when, I think when she was in the working in the Mexican restaurant, uh-huh. which it was that was just like such a conglomeration of things. <laughs> like she, right? Like there's like tacos and mariachi bands, and Anne Hathaway's talking in a British accent. Like that was a lot to process <laughs> during those scenes, <laughs> right? But yeah, I, I was fine. Okay. Why and was it was it awkward? I thought it kind of went in and out for me. I believe because she was doing a Yorkshire. Again, I'm not an expert in this. I just right, pretend right. to be one on this podcast. Sure. I felt like it really moved out of a very northern, almost had kind of that Scottish vibe, which I think that Yorkshire has some different flavors to it right. than a London accent. Mm. But sometimes she kind of went back into a straight London by the books british accent in my opinion so i thought she was hovering around different accents along the way but okay. what happens is over a long movie i stopped caring because there were other things to be concerned about in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes there were many concerns but anyway anne hathaway in 2011 doing i watched some interviews of her being nervous about it then british people panned her online for it saying it was bad oh then and i think 2018 she did the hustle with rebel wilson where she did another british accent and she was saying like i didn't ever want to do a british accent again but the director the comedy director is like no you should do it Mm. so she was back in it and she said uh, i'm going to paraphrase the british accent doesn't come naturally to me and it involves (laughs) a lot of sweat and a few tears oh man so now i feel a little bad for anne hathaway but i give you this question Stephen Robles, yes. would Amelia Clark be better <gasps> in this movie? Oh. Here's the thing, though. I don't want to see her in this bad of a movie. <laughs> is that is that giving mm. away too much? Yeah, well, we're about to, we're rate, about to rate, mean, rate it, so you can put your cards on the table. We've seen Amelia Clark in actually our most listened to episode. Mm-hmm. Was it Me Before You? What, yeah, Me Before You. What if those exact same actors came over to this movie one day, Sam Claflin, Amelia Clark? What if they were doing this? He could definitely be the Playboy Oh, uh, yeah. He basically, host. yeah, he was in Me Before You, just right. pre-injury. Would the movie be better? You know what? I think it would be better overall, but it's still not, mm-hmm. <laughs> may not be a great movie because this. Okay. I just don't like the story. But anyway, okay. we forgot to do Rotten Tomatoes, so before we rate it, let's find out what critics said. Any idea what critics might have given this movie? Ooh. 
I'm going to say 48%. That's pretty close. 36 by critics, so mm-hmm. not high marks. Okay. 49 by audience, which I feel like is a little gracious for this movie, maybe just because it's Anne Hathaway. But Oh, we'll discuss soon. If you have not seen this movie, I don't know if you have to see it to listen to this whole episode, but the premise of the movie is the two main characters, Emma and Dexter, they meet on the day of their graduation from university, mm-hmm. and they have an encounter. It doesn't go all the way, but they basically resolve to It's like a missed of, connection, almost. They meet on the day of their graduation from university. They don't go all the way, but they decide to become friends. And basically, every year on this date, July 15th, they either call each other or they try to see each other. Or they just bump into each other randomly. They just bump into each other, but they really think about each other on that day every year for the rest of their lives. And we only see that day like we jump ahead as the viewers right to right. that july 15th day right between 1988 and i think 2006 or 7 or whatever i think it goes all the way to 2011 oh yeah all the way yeah, to, to yeah. when it was released yeah exactly and every year you know sometimes we skip one year sometimes we skip three but we see the course each of these characters lives have taken and kind of see maybe how it's not working or how it's working and so it's an interesting premise you know i give it that yep good bones all right well, let's rate this movie. Let's do it. I think you go first this week. I did Soul first last week, which, side note, everyone who's listened to Soul, thanks for your kind words. I've gotten texts and we've gotten messages that people say our Soul episode was really good. So if you haven't listened to that, I don't know, check it out. People seem to like it. Don't listen to this one. Listen to that one. <laughs> yeah. So let's rate this movie because I, I really struggled to think of an object to really judge this movie by. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say zero to five tacos because... <laughs> Honestly, one of the most fun lines is when Anne Hathaway like rattles off everything that's in a Mexican restaurant right. in like one long run on sentence, and she's not wrong. <laughs> and it's it's actually a great description of, of what you can get at a Mexican restaurant. So, what is the difference between a tortilla is either corn or wheat, but a corn tortilla folded and filled is a taco, whereas a filled wheat tortilla is a burrito. Deep fry burrito is a chimichanga. Toasted tortilla, it's a tostada. Roll it, it's an enchilada. Zero to five tacos, Nate. What are you going to give this movie? I'm going to give one day. (laughs) I thought you were going to say one. I'm going to give it two tacos. Two out of five. Mm, Okay. Here is why. Here is why. This movie, I truly believe, has great bones. I think this story, I can't believe I'm about to say this, has sticking power with me. Mm. This is not a good movie. This is, there's a lot of things wrong with this movie, but there are enough scenes and there is, it takes me down kind of the thought, it takes me down a lot of different emotional trails that this movie does not deserve. Remember when we talked about Overboard and I talked about that oh, girl yeah. biking down after the limo and yes, made me cry? Yes. This movie has quite a few of those moments and so I can't quite shake it. Mm. So I would say it's good bones. But then they like laminated over. Uh, they put linoleum down over mm. that like nice <laughs> like hardwood, over hardwood floor. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah right. exactly. And the Chip and Joanna Gaines just come in and they rip it all up because they know yeah. it's not good. Yeah. This is a movie that I really wish they would rip it up and do a 2021 version. Because unlike you, I actually like the story. I think there's some fun. Ah, fun's a strong word. <laughs> Interesting uh, things and places this can go. So two out of five. So given that interesting premise, and I do think there are some 
acting moments maybe like believable mm-hmm. moments you yes, know Anne Hathaway's yes. a good good actor yep. you know she's she's not uh, she's not over here doing disaster movies yet uh, that was a diss on disaster movies and I, and I apologize to all disaster movies that no that it was correct and you don't need to walk that back no that I'm is correct. <laughs> walking it back I'm gonna give this movie one and a half mm-hmm. one for Anne Hathaway and a half for an interesting premise you, we should have rated this movie by days by days <laughs> Because you could have given one day, one day. No, oh, that just made me mad. Okay, we're gonna do ta- we're sticking to tacos. I'm gonna give this one and a half tacos, one taco, and then a, a half a taco that it was a hard taco, and you bit it and it fell apart. That was the Ugh. half taco. You know, it's exactly what I mean. That's the and that's the feeling. You know what? This rating was even better than I realized. That's the <laughs> feeling that you get at the end of this movie. It's a crumbly hard taco. And so here's the spoiler horn, and we're gonna talk all about it. <laughs> You see a lot of butts in this movie, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you kept that after the spoiler horn because yeah. mm-hmm. but you only see you <laughs> I put it in our shared note together, Steven, you see a lot of non sexual butts. You know, that that is a <laughs> in the first half of this movie only. But that phrase I don't know if that's a thing. No, it is a thing because I saw there's a nudist beach with a bunch of old people. Oh, yeah. And then he does in the skinny dipping scene, he dives under, you see his butt. It's not it's not Nicholas Sparks level is what I'm saying. Okay, all right, all right. So we talked about the premise of this movie, and basically what happens over the years, they try to find other relationships and be in other relationships try different jobs, and none of them seem to work. And we'll talk about some of the specific ones in a moment. But then every, we also see like the trajectory of each one's life where Anne Hathaway starts low mm-hmm. at working at the Mexican restaurant as a waitress. Right. And then actually goes up from there. Yep. And Dexter's life starts on a high, being a talk show host and right. comes from a lot of money. And we see him go downward and even spiral over the years. Right. So again, premise-wise, that's pretty good. Like, yes, you know, seeing that it over bounce. the years, and we're only seeing like once a year, and there was you know very interesting ways that they let you know what happened in the course of time without being super overt. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one time when a Dexter, you know, says, "Yeah, well, something, something. I'm a divorcee," and so you know they sneak it in there, right? You know, here and there. So, so that's good. But let's let's talk about. The relationships, because I feel like this is what it's about. Yes. You have Emma and Dexter's relationship over the years, and then the relationships that they try to have outside each other. Yes. Let's just ask first, the two of them together, Emma and Dexter, Mm -hmm. did you find them to have chemistry, and did you believe Mm. their connection throughout the movie? Welcome to Romance Corner. That's right. Here's what I think. I thought their chemistry was hit or miss in this Uh, movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that might be one of the biggest knocks against this movie because if their chemistry had been undeniable, right? Amelia Clark, Sam Claflin, Claflin, whatever. (laughs) That's staying in. Finnick O'Dare from Hunger Games. That's right. If they had the kind of chemistry, oh, you just like, they're just beautiful people that should be together. Great. But that's not the case here. Yeah. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'll change my voice. You know, in the book, Emma's more of a plain person, and Anne Hathaway's far too attractive, based on the book. I think they did. They do a good job, though, of making her plain. Yeah, they put her in big glasses. Yeah, I sure. mean, there's, like, the first half of the movie, she, uh, has, how hideous. she has unkept hair and, like, poorly fitting clothes, like at the Mexican restaurant. You know those were all wigs? Oh, really? I did not yeah. know that. 
Yep, I'm pretty sure she just had the... I feel like one of the things they do well is over the course of the movie, having Anne Hathaway look more homely at the beginning and then, you know, more presentable at the end. I feel, you know, I believe that. Sure. But this is what I, where I'm going here. I think Jim Sturgis's character, Dex, yeah. is great as a loser and a jerk. Right. Like, I think that was at his, at his best was the, the time where they do that dinner date where he's like at the height of his popularity and he's right. all drunk and coked right. up and it's like, terrible. he's, he's terrible. Yeah. He's absolutely, he does the finger guns across the table and Ugh. it's like a shiver goes down your spine. <laughs> I thought yeah. he was great in that from from his younger college days to that moment. I thought he was great. Yeah. The movie's supposed to give it a big turn where she is the steady hardworking person who always loves him, wants to be with him, wants the best for him, and he's supposed to make the big turn of all right. As his mom said, I believe you're a decent, compassionate man, but right now you're not very nice. Right. That was a nice line. And right now, well, I worry that you're not very nice anymore. I just don't think when they're together after that, after his turn, I'd necessarily believe it. There's something about when they're together. Like, if you told me these actors did not like each other, I would believe it. I don't know. There's just something missing in there. Well, what's your romance corner thoughts? I agree. I don't think they have a ton of chemistry. You know, it's, I believe Anne Hathaway's character having a crush on him in university, yeah. which she admits later in the movie. But after that first meeting and the first couple of years of them talking mm-hmm. on the phone, I don't believe they've had enough time or experiences to really like each other, at least her like him, right. in a way that lasts a lifetime. This movie seems to be the perfect blend of the last two episodes we've done, My Best Friend's <laughs> Wedding and Soul. Yes, yeah, that's exactly If those right. two movies had a baby, I think it would be this one. This has heavy My Best Friend's Wedding vibes. It's almost like a modern remake with some twists. But I just want to say... Later in the movie, I believe their connection a little more. Mm-hmm. You know, when Anne Hathaway, it's like they're outside. It was after that restaurant scene. And mm-hmm. she says, I really love you, but I don't like you anymore. I believe that. Yes. I believe the moments when they were at another person's wedding and Dexter is about to get married because, you know, he got someone pregnant. They seem to have better chemistry in that scene on the rooftop. That was okay. Yeah. And then also when Dexter comes on the train after he's basically lost everything Mm -hmm. and Anne Hathaway is like big time author now with the French boyfriend Dexter almost seems like humble in that moment and I kind of believe him and I can understand the the connection then but those moments are like three to four and most of the other interactions you see Dexter like you don't like him and even when they're together it's not like Dexter becomes this altruistic person when he's with Emma a lot at least for most of the movie. So yeah, I don't know. The The romance corner was weird overall. If you're Anne Hathaway, uh-huh. if you're Emma, do you wait around for Dex? Because this is something I kept thinking to myself, like you are far too good for him. I don't know if you're more equally terrible in the book, but she seems great. She's uh, smart, driven, like is wonderfully nice to his parents. Seems to be a, a great friend. So your question, does she wait? And the answer that we see in the movie is no, she doesn't. But by not waiting, she enters another failed relationship with Ian. 
played by Rafe Spall. Again, she's too good for Ian. To, I just feel like her character is should be just batting off like great guys, and she ends up with Ian. <laughs> I could see why she doesn't at first. You know, eventually sure. she gets the French. She's low in confidence. I think that's a, a big her big you know one of her flaws is that she doesn't really believe she's worth that much and that was one of the lines that dexter says is i just wish i could give you confidence which you know that's that's a nice sentiment but like the relationship with ian i think is indicative of she's not trying to wait for dexter no but she also doesn't have the confidence and she also doesn't know how to navigate relationships i think in general yeah you're right their relationship with ian was kind of one of my favorites to see the interactions yeah because it's like he is infatuated by her. Right. She is just settled for him. Right. And you kind of see what happens when that's the basis of the relationship over the years. Yep. And I love this one scene. You know, you hear about Ian didn't paint the walls. He said he was going to paint and all he did mm-hmm. was sit around the house. And you're like, okay, yeah, I totally believe all that. And then the scene when Ian kind of breaks back into the flat and they fight, but yep. then they're sitting outside on the rooftop and Ian says, I miss you. And Anne Hathaway says, I know you do. <laughs> and it's such a, it, you know, it, it it's supposed to sting, obviously. And I'm sure it stung the character Ian in the moment. But it's so accurate to to describe the situation that way. Very good. We know very good. Ian loves her, but she doesn't really care for him. And she even admits that to Dexter at some point, too. So I, anyway, I just liked that, that was good. relationship in general. I thought it was inter- it was interesting to see. I miss you. I know you do. Let's talk a little bit about the drinking and substance abuse in this oh, movie. Oh my goodness. You know, I watched this with Wendy last night and she's like, there is so much drinking. Why is everyone drinking? I put that in our notes. So much drinking. <laughs> it is a movie where, and I think it's sort of strange that he has substance abuse issues in this movie. Like she talked about, like, I haven't seen you sober in three years. So he's, you know, right, right. either an alcoholic through most of it and like has, does other drugs. She only sees him one day a year to keep in mind, but yeah, <laughs> for three yeah, years. I guess true, true, true. And then they're just always pouring drinks for each other. And right, right. The, the family that he, where are you Moriarty which that game that part of the game I looked up after what seeing this what kind of game is that what is that game they're just hitting each yeah, other I think you just say it you're blindfolded and then apparently oh we can't go into it I'll talk to you off mic about where are you Moriarty because I do want to actually play this game at some point <laughs> it just seemed like Marco Polo with hitting to me anyway it does anyway, yeah. it does it was actually kind of bothered me the amount of drinking that happened in this movie even after he kind of makes his turn yeah i i really wish there would have been some sort of scene about him giving up alcohol right or or you like as part of turning the life around of being sober right like go to an aa meeting or something or whatever the the british version of that is yeah it really i really felt like everyone drank all the time. Yeah. Even even Dexter's mom is like constantly refilling drinks or his dad. Everyone. Like every, everyone. Everyone's drinking. Yeah. That that was a lot. Now l- let's talk about Dexter's parents. <sighs> his mom gets cancer. Patricia Clarkson is his mom. Plays his mom. And I think that was again, when you talk about good bones in the story, I think that's an interesting mm. plot point. And you could see how that would affect someone like Dexter, who's trying to yep. be this famous talk show host and have this on 
on camera personality and yet his mom is struggling it and she doesn't really like what he's doing. She can't even really watch it. That's a tough relationship. And then there's also the scene when she's clearly she has cancer. He carries her up the stairs and puts her in bed. And I don't know if you've ever read this book from like your childhood, but what is it? As long as I love you, my baby, you'll be or whatever. Right. It's this kid's book where the mom carries the child to bed like for many years. And then the last page is like, you know, the child carries the, the mother. And that moment, for some reason, I don't know if it was deserved or earned, but that moment with Dexter and his mom was kind of touching. I thought there were two parts of the movie that really got me. Well, three parts of the movie. One of them was him carrying his mom. Yes. Because she is so, she believes that he will be a great man. Right. And her kind of optimism and and hope that he will be great. Right. And her saying like, I know you will be great, but right now you're lost. Yeah, yeah. And right now, like, you, you're you not there. You're not there yet. Right. Her speaking bluntly to him, but also so lovingly. Yes. Is truly beautiful. It is. I really wish the movie would have gone into him dealing a little bit more with the grief of losing his mom, of her dying of cancer. Yeah. Because it's sort of alluded to, but it does seem like that's a big part of his life going off the rails. Right. Now... I don't want to jump ahead here. Are we going to say the the re- we haven't even said the big spoiler thing, have we? No, we have not. Okay. So I'll say I just want to say one other thing. This relationship is when Dexter marries the lady he had a child with. Uh-huh. And you see Dexter trying to better himself. He's trying to be a better right. dad. He's yep. you know has this whole evening where he's playing with his daughter and then we cut to the scene where his wife calls him. Yep. And we find his wife having an affair with the restaurant owner that he's now working for. His old college, his old university roommate. Yes. And that was that was one of those moments where it's kind of like, it cuts to the heart because it's like, man, I didn't like this guy the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And now he's trying to better himself. Now I'm rooting for him. And then for this to happen, I don't know, it's really sad. And like, again, bones and plot point of the movie. Yep. And in that scene, I believed him. And when you find out what the wife is doing, you really like get upset. Yep. And so that th- they did that well, even though it stunk <laughs> as a thing. Right. And then following up on his parent interactions, the moments with his dad. Yeah. It's such a well-written, relatable thing where the, the, the dad's very formal, not great with emotions, shakes his right. hand whenever he sees him. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. And it's kind of just like a curmudgeonly dude. But then they have the other moment that got me is the scene later after Dex has hit rock bottom. Right. Uh, much later in the movie. And he's sitting with his dad. They're about yes. to watch the TV. Yes. And his dad says a line about like, what do you think I've been doing for 10 years since your mother died? Like I've been living as though she were still here, like the way she would want me to live. I don't know if I can. Of course you can. What do you think I've been doing for the past ten years? We pro- we need to mention this. It's time. So here's the it's here's time. the big spoiler. Emma, on either the day or close to the day that Emma and Dexter are supposed to get married, they finally get together. They finally resolve to be in a relationship with each other and marry each other. And as Emma is riding her bike to Dexter for some wedding planning thing, she gets hit by a car. Like, unceremoniously, totally unexpectedly, 
just gets rammed. Yep. And she, she's, we see her laying on the pavement and she dies. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where it's not even clear if she's dead or not right at first because right. her eyes are kind of moving. And I'm like, so is she going to be paralyzed or something? But she dies. And it's so shocking and like guttural. Mm-hmm. And then Dexter hits rock bottom, as you say. And then when he goes back home with he and his dad, obviously Dexter's broken up. And he says, I don't know how I'm going to go on. And that's when his dad says, "Right, what do you think I've been doing for the last 10 years? And I think that is as unemotional as his dad is and as, as awkward as a relationship as it is. That is an interesting moment Yep, because the dad is saying, I basically know what you're going through, like literally know what you're going through. Right. And you will make it. Right. You just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And it's hard, but you just live life. Right. You just keep doing it. And that was a, a good moment, I thought. We have to talk about this Emma, this Emma dying. We have to, we have to talk about this because I have to say this. Yeah, this is the part where Bridget said, "You must think this is the worst ending to a movie ever, or you're wrong." <laughs> this was how it came yes. to us. But yes, yes go ahead. exactly. That's how the review. That's how the recommendation came in. Here's what I went into this movie knowing. I said, "Chill. We're going to watch one day." The movie one day for the podcast. She goes, right. "Oh, the one where she dies at the end, gets hit by a car." Oh my goodness, Nate. And I was that like, is I did terrible. not know this. She's like, no, no, we saw this together. <laughs> and I like, after watching this movie, no, we did not. Oh, so no. she apologized for spoiling this movie. But I went into this movie uh, knowing at some point in time she's about to get hit by a car. Well, and what Bridget had shared with us that it's the worst ending to a movie ever. I was expecting something tragic to happen. Like I was expecting that he was going to like cheat on her, and like they weren't going to end up together because he ends up being not redeemable. But this is another way. This is another way. And on, and so at the very beginning of the movie, the movie starts with her riding the bicycle in the scene where she gets hit, but right. they just stop the scene before she actually gets hit. And so after seeing that, I, I kind of had that in the back of my mind, like, okay, obviously something happens during this scene. Right. I couldn't tell if maybe Dexter had died, and that's why she mm-hmm. looks sad and she's riding her bicycle alone. So you were ready for it. I was, I was prepared for it. I feel like as she was riding her bicycle down that alleyway, I was like, okay. Is someone about to jump out of the uh-huh. alley, like on the side, and like stab her? And uh-huh. she's like, "No, okay, okay." And she like makes it past the alley into the light. And I said, "Okay, well, she made it past the alley." She made it. <laughs> this bus just comes and hits her, and I'm like, "Huh, okay." I I have to I have to give you my actual reaction. Yeah, please. I squawk laughed when that <laughs> happened out of sheer shock because. It is not great. Either they do like a dummy replacement or a CG thing. But I kid you not, listeners of Mots, she gets blown away by this bus Hard. truck. I feel I like mean, like out of frame. Okay, it's not supposed to be funny. It's no, not it's funny. Not. It's not. But I laughed because I did not like the way that was filmed. No, no. seeing someone blown off screen by a car. Yeah, not feels like a either like a goofy funny movie thing or like a horror yeah. movie yeah it was final destination to- final destination it was not in line with the tone of this movie not at all that moment would have landed so much harder to me it had done like a pan away and i had just seen that bike get crunched under the car like that yeah. was a visceral yeah. enough of an image yeah i didn't even need to see her laying on the ground with no. her knee kind of bent to the side for a full like 20 seconds it seems like it's so long like why are you doing this to us <laughs> Something very emotional to all of us is the fact that life can end quickly 
and without ceremony. Correct. And that it is super sad and alarming to think that the people you love just, you might never talk to them again. To what you were saying, Nate, that life can end at any moment. I feel like that is a poignant point, especially like current, especially considering the last year we've lived in. I think that is an interesting point to make. I think in service to the story of this movie, it robbed it of what could have been a better ending. Well, I think that her dying could have been better used in this story. Because by showing that sort of prolonged death scene yeah, feels like you took away some of the alarmingness of how all of a sudden she's just gone. Like I wish it had not shown that scene at all and she just didn't show up to their meeting. That would that would have been better. I almost feel like tell me what you think about this. Like a slightly longer term illness or something where they would have had a year or two together but knowing she was going to die, you know? But I think that's the affecting part of that is unlike his mom which he did, you know, poorly dealt with. This is another way that it can happen. And hmm. what it did for me was it made me mad at him all over again, which I understand why he probably would have been mad with himself because I thought you wasted so many years right. being dumb and not being with Emma because you were off whatever being with other women or or feeling like you had all the time in the world yeah and that sort of regret that i felt on his behalf but his character felt as well i think is a really interesting thing for the movie to get into that yeah we saw years and years go by that they could have been together and she was loving him and could have been with him and he was just a doofus okay so after that happens Dexter's broken up. We see the scene with his dad. We see Dexter hit rock bottom, goes back to a club, gets in a fight. You know, he's in the back of a car being driven by his ex-wife. And I don't know, there's this moment where... I think he was supposed to be watching his daughter that night. He was supposed to be watching his daughter, it seemed like, which is like, that's really rough. That's bad, yeah. There's even a moment when he puts his his hand is like on his daughter's leg slash stuffed animal and the daughter like removes his hand and you see him cry. Like, that is very emotional. And then... You know, after the conversation with his dad and we see after several years, he makes this recovery. It seems like he owns his little restaurant now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's by himself. I do really like the scene when Ian comes to see him. Yes. And Ian, like, he's like, I'm in insurance now. I'm not trying to be a comedian anymore. I gave that up. And, like, he has a family with two kids. And he basically, like, thanks him for loving Emma, which I think is making her happy for making her happy, which I think is interesting. And she made you better, and you made her so happy. Yeah, and good line. I love when Dexter is like, "Well, let's get to exchange phone numbers. Let's keep in touch." And Ian's like, "Nah, no, I think we're done here." Yep. And it wasn't like a like a mad. I think we're done here. Like he literally hugs him right after he says that. Right. And says, "You know, have a nice life." And I think that was a good closure to like their contentious relationship. I guess you could say with the movie. So listen, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch. I'll give you a call. No, I don't think that's necessary. I think we're done here. But then, you know, the movie ends, basically. We see him well, and his no, daughter. It, it, it goes back to this one scene, which, man, right. this is where I think if they had landed this, this would have bumped it up for me. But it goes back to a scene that we were never shown of that first night together and how they 
had, you know, like they had missed their moment, but they had this time climbing the hill the next morning right. and they were playing right, like, right. but then they were interrupted by his parents coming back early. And so they'd never really had a chance to like begin a relationship. He just right. got her number. Right. I think of that flashback scene because after she has died, you see this flashback and it does hit you with a man. He needs to enjoy all this time with her because he doesn't have unlimited amounts of it. Right. And I think that could have been, if that reveal flashback had shown more or shown that like they had a deeper relationship than maybe we even thought throughout the movie or like it had revealed something new, I think I would have really enjoyed the ending of this movie. But it, it really just showed them like beginning a friendship that we've seen play out as kind of hit or miss, mostly miss for 20 years. Yeah. Which leads me to even feeling more regret on the whole thing. Yeah, and even as they make it up to that hill in the flashback scene, the f- first day they basically know each other, I was thinking they were going to maybe like sit down and have a conversation, or maybe they were going to sit down and like do a My Best Friend's Wedding pact where they said, well, listen, yeah, how about this day every year, we just call each other, right. and we just like sign a contract to be friends because we both want a friend. Yep. Or some some kind of meaningful thing, but all they do is they get up to the top of the hill and they're like, "Hey, there's nobody in the flat right now. Let's try to make it back before my parents get here." And it's like, "Yep. That doesn't really It's not as much as yeah, it's there's not nothing there. Enough. Like we already had that scene. Like we had that scene where they went up to the flat and, you know, it didn't work out. Like I wanted to I wanted that flashback scene like you're saying to be the connection. And then Dexter brings his daughter up there on the hill. And you know that's kind of a nice moment, but even that's a little, it's a little meh. It's a little, yeah, it's a little meh. And like he says, "You're my best friend now," which is kind of sweet. And then he asks, "Who's your best friend?" And she says, "Mom." Mom. <laughs> and then, and then she says something like, "You know what you are," and then puts in headphones. And I'm like, "What? What is that supposed to signal yeah. <laughs> to me as the movie viewer? Like that his daughter just doesn't care about him and it's too late for her?" So as Bridget said. I feel like, yes, a lot of parts of this ending gets fumbled, even though there's like some things there. I think there could have been, yeah, I think there could have been more to it. I think uh, an alarming death scene of one of the protagonists and sort of that regret plus flashback could have been really cool, but it ended up mostly disappointing. Yeah. Thank you for subjecting us to that, Bridget. I leave you with this, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie's not good, as I gave it a two out of five. Right, right. The chemistry's not always there. Mm-hmm. I thought there were some good lines in it. I thought the pacing was actually okay. I liked the premise. I liked the bones of the one day every year, seeing people kind of hit or miss. Yeah. Partly friends, one person loving the other, him sort of getting better. But, Stephen, this movie has sticking power to me, and I, mm. I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit it. I don't know if it's the like losing the love of your life sort of thing that makes me like think, all right, I got to like appreciate the days I have with my wonderful wife or if I need to like, or just these moments. Yeah. I don't know. It's sticky for me. I'm embarrassed to say that a two out of five movie may stay with me longer than I wish to admit, Yeah, yeah. but it does. No, I get it. And let me ask you one last question on the rooftop scene. When Dexter tells Emma that he's going to get married and mm-hmm. he's having a baby, mm-hmm. he gives her the invite mm-hmm. and she says, is this scented? He says, lavender. She says, no. Oh, no. It smells like you have money. Money. <laughs> yeah. uh, which I thought was really good. They kiss for a moment uh-huh. and then they do a second kiss. 
Uh-huh. And then they say, we better go downstairs. Uh-huh. Now, that first kiss, it almost seemed like a friend kiss. And friend so I, kiss. I turned yeah. to my wife and I was like, was that first kiss a friend kiss? And Whitney says, there's no such thing as a friend kiss. <laughs> that is a holy kiss. Your thoughts. It was a holy kiss. <laughs> on that statement, Nate, your thoughts. My, my thoughts are this. Yes. I don't think you should. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless you are French. Now, here's the thing. Uh-huh. I, I agree with your wife. There's no such thing as a friend kiss yes, if yes, you're American in our culture. That's right. There are probably other cultures where there is such a thing. <laughs> there are so many good forehead kisses and top of head kisses. Mm. I believe those are great. I refer back to my Black Widow Hawkeye friendship that we discussed in the Avengers Endgame episode. Oh, uh, yeah. I think a type of friendship that is brotherly or sisterly in nature this unlike my best friend's wedding this movie was never that no if they were never like it was always one of them always wanted to be with the other but i think it's very sweet when one's comforting the other and kisses the top of their head i think that's Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. very sweet friend kiss but no i think in this culture america year of our lord 2021 no (laughs) don't kiss your friends on the lips I leave you with that. <laughs> he also puts his hand around her neck several times and it almost looks like he's about to choke her. That's a little weird. I don't know if that's... Uh, again, sort of a weird chemistry thing. That yeah, it, it yeah. never looks... <laughs> never looks right. Also, what, the time when they were at the beach, uh, that scene was a rainy day uh, when they were filming. And I definitely turned to Jill during that scene. I said, it's cloudy and she's putting on sunscreen. I know this is part of the scene, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be a sunny day when they film this. And it is not. <laughs> Listen. Well, we had one day to shoot at this beach. Yeah, exactly. UV light goes through clouds, Nate. I don't know if you know that. All right. Leave you at that. Have a good night. (laughs) Listeners, tell us what you thought at Movies on the Side on Instagram and Twitter. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. And check out all of our bonus episodes at patreon.com slash movies on the side. Support the show with any amount. You can access all of our back catalog of bonus episodes there. And as we always say, if I could give you just one gift, do you know what it would be? Confidence. (laughs) That or a scented candle. (laughs) It was a bad British accent. That was an honor. As you said, we're going to rate this movie quickly because the... Wait, there was a sound in the background. Redo uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That was my, my camera that catches the possums. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay.